Well, this is Simo, and you're now listening to the Hot Rods by Boyd Simocast podcast. Whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> you want to do it again or no? No, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. I'm, I'm from the past. I don't know this. Simocast. What does simulcast mean? Same, same. Like, yeah. Simocast. Oh, simulcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's simulcast. Like, you know, simulcast. No, it's simulcast. Oh, simulcast. There yeah. we go. I like that. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange. Welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd Podcast. All right. Well, right on. Thanks for coming out, Simo. Yep. It's great to be here. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, it's it's great visiting with everybody from the past, for sure. You know, well, working that we still, I still, you know, you're one of the people that I still run into from time to time. Well, it was like know? being in a family working there from time to time. I mean, I... Oh, yeah. Did about three or four different stints working there. Yeah, you did. You you were you you were uh, quite the boomerang employee. You left and you came back. You left. You came back. Yeah. You know, but um, man, and it it's so. How long has it been since we 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 met? I mean, you started back in. Hold I, on, I'm gonna guess ninety five. About then. Ninety five. Were you still in high school? No, I graduated ninety two. So. I was right at that age where Simo came into my life and, uh, <laughs> and ruined and it. Guide, he, he was like my life coach for yeah. a period of time, which is you're probably pretty impressionable right right around then. So. Oh man! And some people that know Simo <laughs> that are listening to this are probably going, "Uh oh." Yeah, yeah. And I remember saying things like, uh, "This is going to be the coolest thing you'll ever want to do in your life, but never do it." Yeah, I yeah, I remember one time because you you came in with Jesse, and you guys. Well, well, go ahead. You tell me because you know better than I do how you came into the company. Well, I, I was working in a print shop and hanging out with Jesse, and he was getting into the motorcycle stuff. I had bikes that I always rode around. Jesse on. James for people that don't know. Yeah, Jesse James. And um, he'd, he'd worked for a company called Performance Machine, and then he didn't work there anymore and he met people and there's a guy bob bowder who you know did you podcast his son yeah both of them okay Danny so, and bradley so their dad said hey boyd was trying to develop a line of motorcycle parts throughout a billet and um they wanted someone to come like represent him with the motorcycle industry so bob bowder said well jesse would be a good guy because he's gonna be something and um there'd be a good launching pad for to do your stuff and his so he came in and jesse's job was basically to promote and to establish within the industry the motorcycle industry your dad's parts and he wanted me to come in to basically handle the back end and make sure production and you know everything got taken care of so we were able to fulfill orders so and that's how it all started with the whole billet accessories and billet uh billet motorcycle wheels Oh yeah, right. It was a, it was a. Your dad had a pretty unique product compared to what other people were doing, and it was a. It made a big impact on a lot of the people up at the higher end of the industry. That really, the movers and shakers were like they were flabbergasted by the quality and how the stuff looked. And yeah, because it was just kind of like I think that was during a time where I think my dad was thinking, "What else can we make out of billet?" Yeah, well, yeah, right. It was. I mean. You know, we had a, at that point we almost what a trophy division at that point. Yep. You know, making toys out of billet, making all the motor. I mean, that motorcycle thing took off. Yeah. Know? 
And, people uh, didn't see anything like that before. I mean, I still get calls occasionally for people that are like asking questions about parts. They have one part, or you know, they're trying to match it up. And man, I wasn't involved with that stuff at all. So it's just uh, probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah good luck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or people pick something up at the swap meet or or whatever off eBay. But yeah, that was definitely definitely some cool times. Yeah, that was. I mean. I think when I met you then I was 21. Yeah. Right at that age where legal to buy booze, you know. Yep. And you told me that was that was one of your first life lessons for me. <laughs> Cuz I was talking about getting a motorcycle, right? Cuz it was I was like, man, I got to get a motorcycle now. And you're like, look. Cuz you looked at me and Jesse and you go, those guys are so cool. Oh, I want to yeah. be like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Back then, I mean, I was very impressionable back then. And uh I remember you telling me about, you know, go, but listen, if you get a bike, you're 21 now, and you go, I, I just, you, I don't want you drinking and riding. And you go, that's going to be the, co- it's the coolest shit you'll ever do, but just don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you had some good lessons for me. I learned a lot. Yeah. I, le- I learned, I learned how to party uh, from you to a certain extent. We had some good times. Some crazy times, but it was fun back then, man, because everything oh, yeah. was, it was booming. Yeah. You know? We had the big compound and oh, the, the whole, there's like two city blocks of Boyd wheels and oh, it I, took you like know, my job. to walk from one side to the other. My job yeah. basically was to ride a bicycle around and say hi to everyone, take <laughs> Fred and Gregory under my wing and yeah, get them to do cool stuff in front of people. Yeah, dude, that was, those were, those were fun times, man. I mean, uh. Having those kids around, you know, uh, my my dad used to hire uh, a Down syndrome and special needs yeah. uh, uh, kids. I call them kids; they were they were older than me at the time, um, but they were fun to have around. You oh, know? they really, they, they really, they made you appreciate. They they appreciate they you know, deal with the, the 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 normal people there, and then you deal with them, and you're like, okay. These guys got these. These guys are worried about the re- serious stuff. Like Basically, they restored they restored my faith in humanity for sure. You know, God, that was fun. Yeah. So then, then the Boyd's thing. You so you you were pretty much on the the motorcycle side the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, during the days when we were in Stanton. Yeah. That, well, and then you know, then after Boyd's collapsed, and then what? What did you end up doing? Because I, I, I remember I, when I came back in two thousand, my dad regrouped, and I came back in two thousand. You would, you were already back over there. Was this when he was on Raymond? Yeah, on Raymond. That's yeah. when I came back to work over there. Well, between when I left, when the when the yeah, the so Boyd between, wheels went down, and uh, my, Jesse wanted me to come and run his shop because. He was having a problem finding someone he trusted to. And this is he had started West Coast Choppers at this point. Yeah, he'd started West Coast Choppers. That started as a a moonlighting thing when he worked at Boyd's because he was dealing with all the um, distributors for motorcycle parts. And since he had their ear, he said, "Well, I got my own line of sheet metal stuff that's not billet. Put my stuff in the catalog too." And they they wanted your dad's product so bad they. And they saw his stuff was good too. They go, well, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So it started as a moonlight thing, but then it turned into a what it is today or what it was or yeah. So you were over there then a couple of years. Yeah. And then just decided, and, you know, being a good friend, we, me and him were really good friends, and it kind of 
you know, you get the best of times and you get the worst of times when you work with someone you're yeah, that close to. For sure. Good so, friends, family. Yeah. yeah. It, it It's challenging sometimes and just blissful others. So there was a point when it wasn't as good. So, uh, you know, we parted and I came back to Boyd said, well, if you're not working for him, I liked what you did for me. Come back and work here. So I said, all right, I'll give it a shot again. So... And you, yeah, you think you came back just before I did, I think. Yeah. Right around 2000. Yeah. I came back in April of 2000. Yeah. And I think I was there for about two years, a year and a half, two years again. I bounced around back and forth between Jesse's and, and Boyd. Yeah. So you kind of saw, and you also were there at Jesse's when that started to take off. Yeah. Because I think when in 2000, wasn't that when his TV show, the first like little documentary on him. Well, I'd up? started working. Yeah, because you were you were. I started working for your dad when the TV show came out, but I was. You working were there when they were when they were it. filming it. Yeah, so. I remember that. But I never wanted to sign any of the release forms. I didn't want to be famous. No, <laughs> no. Well, you are kind of famous in your own little circle there. Yeah, I'm well respected for people who have no respect. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, man. That was a funny story. As a sign I remember one time, dude, we were down in, uh, we were down in Mexico. I was down there with, uh, I was down there with my my wife and another couple, and my buddy it was his birthday. He told us like that morning. He's like, hey, you know what? I just want to go to Puerto Nuevo, and I want to go have lobster, right? And I go, yeah, let's go. So it was the five of us, and we go down there, and we're in Puerto Nuevo, and we went and had food. And for those of you who don't know, it's like a little seafood. Village yeah. in Baja, California. It's probably what, lobster town. Yeah, it was. It, it's famous for the lobster. Every every restaurant is owned by the Ortega family or, yep. or some variation of Ortegas, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's a tiny area, but it's just uh, a bunch of cool restaurants and bars and stuff. And it's only maybe what forty five minutes south of the border. Yeah, it's pretty close. But yeah, pretty close. You, I mean, you could be down there and have lunch and then go back and no it's time. probably at the 52 kilometer mark is that it right yeah. <laughs> so so we're down there and we were in one spot we're walking around and one of the guy uh, the other guy we were with he's like yeah i gotta go to use the restroom and we're like yeah go he's gonna i'm gonna go in there and go hey check it out right and and see see how it is because maybe we'll go have drinks and he comes back he goes no 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 we're not going in there i go why he goes oh dude there's a bunch of rowdy bikers in there raising some hell and i go okay let's go somewhere else so we go somewhere else and we come out and i hear Hey, Chris! <laughs> and I look over, and there's Simon. And the guy's elbowing me. He goes, hey, you know those guys? That's them. That, he goes, that's the crazy bikers. <laughs> I go, yeah, I know these dudes. Yeah. All the way down there. Yeah, you just came back from a Mexico trip. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty challenging trip this Challenging time. trip. Yeah, I mean, well, you took on, we, I mean, we, you said you did over 1,000 miles, what, door to door, right? Yeah, we did about 1,000 miles on, we had about 14 people on harleys and we did a big loop went about 400 miles deep and then 400 miles back but i guess uh last october there was a hurricane in baja and it just took out on the roads took out like 60 miles of road all the bridges were gone as we ended up being on adventure bikes that we didn't really plan on (laughs) street bikes going over the dirt roads adventure bikes yeah yeah because that's the 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 you know in America, something like that sets us back weeks yeah. or months. It sets them back years yeah. down there. So you'll probably see the same boulder in the same spot about five years from now. Yeah, it looked like a Volkswagen bug in the middle <laughs> of the crazy. road with a cone de- with a 
caution cone taped to it, <laughs> which which will still be there. Peligro. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Mexico's a. It's a cool man. I've had some fun trips down there, and you've been planning that trip for a while. Yeah, right? we we go down there quite a yeah. bit. It's just you got to be, you got to be into it and be friendly with everyone. <laughs> they're they're going to be really friendly back to for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you said yeah. you do like what? This is this a biannual trip, like every other year? Or? There's a company that has a uh, a run that goes to San Felipe every the other year called the El Diablo Run, and there's probably when in this town of San Felipe that weekend there's probably 1,100 motorcyclists, wow. chopper people, kids, drunkards, everyone was having fun. Well, that's what you do down there, yeah, and not get stupid, yeah. It's like Vegas, but really dirty. <laughs> Is it? Part, Un- I guess parts of it are. Yeah, it's like, you know, anything can happen, but it's not always what you wanted to have happen. Have you spent any time down in the, the, the Valle de Guadalupe, where all the wineries are at? No. It's that highway that goes from Tecate to Ensenada. No. It's super nice and developed. Is that now. the two? The two. It's a toll road? No, it's the free road. Oh. It's a free road. Yeah, it's when you, if, like if you're going down, uh, do you know where, okay, you know where La Fonda is at? Mm-hmm. You get off, like, instead of getting on, you get off the toll road and get on the free road, and then, then you go into the valley, like okay. towards Tecate. Dude, there's some bitching wineries down there. I bet. A really fun time. We saw some pretty cool stuff when we went deep. I've done a couple of Baja off-road trips, off down, off down, going down to San Quintin and that's pretty cool. Anyone that goes to the San Quentin, go to the old mill. The old mill, yeah. You know, I've never, I've, I've always seen the sign for it, but I've only been to the uh, San Quentin Hotel. That's got a cool spot yeah. though, with the, right there on the on the peninsula or whatever the point or whatever you call. I don't know what you call it. But yeah, huh? I'm, well, I'm glad you made it back. All right. Yeah, back you know. to back to the Boyd stuff. Oh, I mean, there's. I met a lot of cool, really cool people working for your dad. There were a lot of, I mean, dude, there's still people we still talk to like today. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are still I've, talking. I've made there. lifelong friends like Johnny Anderson, you know? Oh, yeah. He's he's just like the sweetest guy in the world. And he's so knowledgeable and he's like so understated, you know? It's like. Well, and I wanted, I, 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 you probably never met him, but he, uh, rest in peace, he passed away last week. Uh, it was Lars. Oh, really? Lars Johansson, yeah. One of the original Swedish guys that worked for my dad uh, over there. I, I met him Monroe, before, and he was one of the. He was a character, man. He, was, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm sad because I've been trying to get everybody on this podcast, you know, because it's just like. Uh, well, the I, the Swedes would have a Christmas party at Johnny's house every year, and I would go to it, so I would get to see all of those guys. Yeah, Carl, and Andy, Andy, and Pele, Pele, yep, and and um. The guy that made the frames, Larry. Yep, Larry. It's uh, great, great. I'm, I gotta get, I gotta get all these. Well, Johnny moved up to Oregon, Washington, Washington. Oregon. Yeah, 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 up in that area. So maybe we can get some of these guys to call in, tell some more of these stories. Yeah, because there's a whole. Gr- I mean, how many people? I mean, at the at the point you were working at Boyd's, I think we had like 350 people. Yeah, working there. You know. <laughs> Was that uh, like peak? Like that? That was the yeah. most. Yeah, uh, it, it was yeah. somewhere between three. I mean, I've heard between three fifty and four hundred at one point. There was know? a lot of people. There they were moving a lot of wheels out of there. A lot, a lot of people. I mean, they. I remember one time, in the foundry, where they were melting the the ingots into the yeah. the metal. 
that that some of the guys that were working there caught a caught a, a possum and they cooked it and, and cooked ate it. it. They cooked it on the fr- on the furnace. Uh, yeah, on the uh, over the melted metal and they ate it. They said it was taquachi. They Ta- said taquache, it was really yeah. it was good for your blood. It made your blood thin. It made you so we didn't have thick blood. Yeah, okay. I'm all rad. Yeah, what dude. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. And you know, after I, I see, I don't know if that was a, a urban Boyd's myth or if it was true. I, I'm pretty sure it was true. Yeah. But all I knew is they would cook a lot of food over there, and I would never have any. No, after that story, I was like, I ain't having it. And then I'm I not gonna even, you know, and it's probably pretty good if you cook it right. I guess any meat's good if you cook it right. Yeah, meat, season you know? it. Yeah. Season. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't eat a possum. Well, I could, if I needed to, I could eat a possum. But yeah, Bear Grylls would. You would. <laughs> man, that was. Uh, yeah, that there was, man. How many people came in and out of that place? So there's, there's some I, I, like we we're talking about the the special needs kids. They one day they wanted to bring one in for the motorcycle shop, and and his name was Peter. And I looked at him, and this guy, I'm all, what am I gonna do with this guy? Am I? And I said, well, I'm gonna name him Chopper. So I'm like, hey, your name's Chopper because you work in the motorcycle. And he's all, yeah, he's all that's so cool. Oh man, are you gonna, what about what? Okay, go ahead. Are you gonna tell? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So when you when you, want, they, you had him drive the forklift or some shit, I don't know. Well, no, that that, that too, but <laughs> they they, 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 they gave him way said, too much leeway. They said you this guy he can't do any sweeping because it stresses him out. So you got to find something for him to do. So I started. Well, he can clean some of the polished parts. And I set him down with the tools and said, okay, get the com- compound out of the cracks with a little wooden scraper. And I come back five minutes later, he's got Scotch-Brite trying to clean polished aluminum. And I'm all, uh, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So after about six or seven days, I figured out how to keep him busy. So I had a, a, a box of screws that were the wrong size. And I had a, a bagging machine. I took a tube of bagging and a heat shrinker that would make individual packets. I'm yeah. all, so I'm all, we need to make little packages of five of these bolts to put them into the parts. And it's really important for you to help us. And he said, okay. And I'd always have to keep him focused and keep him from talking to the other people that are working and go back to work, go back to work, go back. And then when he would finish, he'd go, okay, Simon, I got the box done. And I'm all, all right. I'll take the box go back into the office where he couldn't see me. I'd count to five, come back out with that box. I'm okay, these were some that some other guy did wrong. We need to take all the screws out of the bags and put them in the box. Yeah, nice. So for a year, that's all he did, just take that same box of screws and bag them and unbag them and bag busy, them and unbag them. Busy work. Oh, he loved it. <laughs> he was so happy to do it. Oh, great. Way, way to teach the kid to be productive, Simo. Yeah. yeah. You know? He, he thought he was being productive. He didn't, okay. he, he didn't you know, know what? And, and honestly, it was it, it was that was a good program that was called California Elwin. Yep. And they were a good group of people. And my dad really, really, really liked supporting those people and having those kids around because he just he said, you know what, Chris? He goes, no matter how shitty my day is, he goes, no matter who what a hole I got to deal with here, I just go hang out with them for a few minutes. And mm-hmm. my, my day's better. And it was true, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was it was it was true. Um, yeah, no, that was it was that, that was that was some fun. I, Except I some it, of the love affairs that started to happen, you go, oh geez, no, we got to break this up. Yeah, yeah like know. when 
or or, yeah. or the or the fake heart attacks. What about Gregory? Yeah, I mean, Gregory. Uh, Gregory had Down syndrome, and he had a crush on one of the ladies who was uh, stitching steering wheels. Yeah, and their their window uh, for the stitching room faced the, like the main street, and he would walk home every day. They would all walk to like the bus stop, yeah. right? And he faked a heart attack to get her attention. Yes, right in front of the window. Uh-huh. Uh And of course, you take it seriously. Oh, I was and, the one who called nine one one. Yeah, he called nine one one, right? And it came out later that uh, you know he started uh, crying because he made everyone have a big deal, and he said he was just he was sorry, he was faking it. Yeah, uh, I know. And then well, I like the other one where Fred faked a heart attack to get attention, uh-huh. and he laid on the table, and people were going, "Oh my gosh, he's having a heart attack!" I go, "No, watch this." <laughs> and I went, and I go, "Fred, come here," and I raised his hand. You know, and he's like held it up like old strong man or something. Like, yeah. He's not having a heart attack. Hogan style. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like that. But man, that was you know what? That was that was a fun time. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, of course it didn't it didn't all end that well. We all kind of split up for a while. But you know, I was you're one of the guys like with me. We we watched my dad rebuild that. We, we yeah. are, and we were part of the rebuild. Yeah. That was what was cool about it. You know, you know because. Back when Boyd's was on top of the world, everybody was my dad's friend, right? Everybody was like, hey, Boyd, hey. And then when it all came collapsing down, oh, yeah, you're a loser, you know? Yeah. But then there was a bunch of us that said, no. I mean, obviously, I, it was my dad, and I went and got another job for because I was kind of burnt out. I went to the phone company and just kind of chilled out for a little bit. And I don't know. I just tried to get my head straight, and uh, my dad says, hey, I think I'm ready to bring you back. And I came back and worked in sales. And I was like, okay, let's do this, you know? And that's when I started hanging out with this freaking guy, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we, we did some fun stuff. We did. Especially the party at your house. Can I tell about the party at your house? There's been several, but you can tell the one that you remember. <laughs> <laughs> so si- I'm like 21, 22. Simo invites me to a party at his house, right? And... Uh, um. I'm with my buddy and we go and, I, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm after hanging out with you for so long and hearing these crazy stories. I think this is this crazy party, right? It's going to be yeah. nice. Well, you lived at the end of this cul-de-sac over there in Placentia. Uh, and I go over there and there's not too many people, right? It's, uh, it's, it's Simon and some buddies and your, it was your ex-wife, ex-wife and, and another gal there. And uh, we just start drinking and next thing we're in the front yard and we're around this like, coffee table and we're playing this game where it's kind of like it's a card game but it's like a drinking game yeah and it's like truth or dare on one card and all this stuff so the guys figured out how to just they were just like grabbing all the kings because the kings was a dare yeah card, right so next thing you know we're in this we're sitting there and then they got the girls all naked and and me and my buddy were like this is the coolest shit in the world right we're like and then you know the party's kicking off and then simo takes me aside he goes hey dude Listen, I don't want you going back to work and telling everybody that my wife got naked and just the girls got naked. He goes, just keep it cool. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to keep it way cool, dude. Like, I ain't going to say shit, right? Because I want to be invited to the next one. So I, I ended up just getting sick. I remember laying on your lawn, puking on your lawn. Yep. and uh, You know, you weren't and, alone, though. There no. was other people puking. Oh, yeah, there was other people. That luckily, they weren't puking by me. Yeah. And I, like I kind of, I, I somehow, I somehow, you know, just the next day, uh, we just kind of recovered. And uh, mon- I don't know what day it was, Friday or Saturday or something. And then Monday rolls around. And so I tell my buddy, I'm like, hey, 
because he worked there too. Uh-huh. My buddy Steve. I said, hey, dude. Keep your mouth shut about this. He goes, oh, no, I'm not telling nobody. It was a great time, right? <laughs> so we go to the shop, and I hear, Simon. No, yeah, no, no. So Keith Russell, he's over in the paint shop, and he goes, hey, come here. And I go, what? He goes, oh, dude, I heard I heard you had a great time. You puked, and Simon's wife got naked and all this shit. I go, oh, holy shit. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hold on. And I took off, and I went to my buddy Steve. I said, dude, did you open your mouth? Right? And he, and he goes, no, I didn't. Dude, I didn't say shit to nobody. So then. I go back to Keith. I go, hey, who told you that? He goes, oh, Simo did. <laughs> Simo came in this. Simo came in this morning. Oh, dude, I was like, okay, you know, yeah, I have a hard time didn't... keeping secrets. I know. <laughs> well, hey, and you know what? What about? Can we talk about PC? You can talk about anything PC. you want. It's your <laughs> okay, simulcast. So be- before, before the internet and uh, trademarking that too. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, be- the simulcast. The simulcast. Before the internet. Uh, you know, we and were, cell phones and before cell phones and internet, JPEGs and, and MPEGs, and JPEGs and pics and all this stuff. People used to watch uh, movies and VHS uh, on VHS tapes. Yeah, and uh, you know, especially the pornographic type, right? Yeah. So it wasn't my idea, but it was Simo's idea <laughs> to start a uh, the PC, the Porno Club, the Porno Club. So we would uh, we would go it's to like l- a book club. We would go to lunch every Friday, and we would trade porno tapes. Right, we bring a brown bag with our with our <laughs> used porn and yeah. trade it to someone else for some fresh. Oh, it was so silly, but it went on for a few months. We I had think. a lot of members, though. We did. We we there was we, like we, like fourteen, fifteen people wanted to go to lunch every. It probably Friday. was. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Can I be in your club? Well, because we used to go to the the Pizza Hut buffet, so we could yeah. we could cram a lot of people in that place, but. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, and I think Simon tried to even get people to give reviews of the of the the. Yeah, movies and, 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 and give them like five, four or five stars and yeah. this and that. And people would be, no, I want that one. Uh, next yeah. week you get that one. Yeah. You know? The Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We're color coding them for, you can tell like the green ones are good when the red ones are bad. <laughs> red ones are like Skinamax. Now it's just, it's just, green nowadays are... it's just so antisocial. Yeah. And everybody just goes on their own phone with Pornhub and they just forget about it. But back then it was a it was a social it a, event. We made it a so we made it a social <laughs> event. We did. Yeah. Well, not ashamed of it. It was a good time back then. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of fun back there. People have to have hobbies. We did. Yeah. But you know, people were just like, "What's the, there's a, probably a lot of young people that are like VHS tape. What's, what's that? that? Yeah. What is that? It's like a rotary phone. Just tell them. They go. Oh what's yeah. This? What's that? <laughs> what's that? Wow. Uh, yeah, well, time times sure have changed from then to now. That's for sure. So then, after, because how long were you when we were in in Anaheim? How long were you there? That's off the Raymond. Off of Raymond, yeah. I was there for about a year and a half, two years. You didn't go with us to La Habra, though. I was in La Habra too. You were in La Habra, yeah. And I worked with you and uh, Gooby. Gooby worked in oh, Anaheim. Go- yeah, Gooby worked in Anaheim. But then when I worked when I worked with Jenny and your mom, yeah. And um, the the old guy and the the guy that invented Chrome Wheels, Kavanaugh, Jim Kavanaugh, that guy was great, good guy, and Bob Bob Deathridge, of course, Bob, the world's greatest salesman. Well, I thought I thought that uh, Kavanaugh was a great salesman. He was. Kavanaugh was good, and you know, here's here's the deal: he had a yellow legal pad with everyone he knew's phone number on it, and he would come in Monday morning and start at the top. And start calling everyone on the list till he got to the last page, and then flip it to the beginning and call them over again. And by like after a couple months, 
and I'd have an I my desk was near his and I I could hear people on the other line going, dude, quit calling me. You're calling me every week. <laughs> well, some, you know, but not everybody. He but. was the. I mean, he his claim to fame was he kind of was the original uh, wheel salesman. Back in the 50s when he had appliance wheel build a set of chrome reverses for him, yeah. for his T-Bird, if yeah. I remember right. And it all started from there. And then he, I think he had a stint, he worked at, he worked everywhere. He worked at American Racing. He worked at Ultra Wheel before he came to us. We kind of got him in his twilight years. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot from that guy. Um, he... Just, just the work ethic. Like between him and Bob, just the work ethic. Yeah. You know that you don't get that anymore. It's hard to get that. You know, these guys were like, okay, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna be a half hour early, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna stay a half hour late if I need to. And and, and it, he was. Jim Cavanaugh taught me, and you know, where Bob was a hard worker, Bob kind of was very polarizing. You either really, you know. He was very excited about working. Yeah, yeah. There. He either you either loved the guy or you thought he was a, a jerk at times. But Kavanaugh was just the old school. It's a handshake. It's about relationships. Yep. And you know what? Uh, I learned a lot from that guy. Um, you know, he kind of. I remember. I fi- I figured it out later. He he his mind was slipping a little bit, and he called everybody kid. Yeah. And I went on a road trip with him, and he introduced me to these guys. We went to this warehouse deal, and I speak in front of these guys and 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 i was like i I was like these guys would come up everybody would come up to him jimmy how you doing jim how how you doing i'm doing great and i go jim who was that he goes shit i don't know kid (laughs) he goes i forgot all these guys names and then i figured out on that trip he calls everybody kid including me because he forgets uh he'd be like he'd sit across from me and he goes listen i don't know the answer to that question but let me get you chris the kid this guy knows everything about wheels. It's Boyd's son, Chris. Chris the kid. He's going to be on the phone in a second. And that was all day. So yep. I'm sitting there going, I got my own phone call. And I'm like, okay, Jim. I'm staring at him. I'm like, I'll get the call. I'll get the call. Hold on. Nah, I mean, those are kind of the cool people that we came across, you know? And I, I, I those are people that I learned a lot from, you know? And you guys, you guys were the front end, and I was the back end. I was like, if anyone had a problem, I was there to make their frown upside down, make yep. them smile again. Yeah, you kind of at that point in La Habra, you were kind of like the RGA guy, expediter, yeah. shipping. Well, Jeff, I think he was doing. Shipping she did the most of the shipping, but Jenny I had Jeff, to do kit, yeah. the stuff that needed kit, gloves, special attention, anything. Yeah. That, well, you know, I mean. I handle most of that now in the business because the business is substantially smaller in volume than what it was, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all made to order. Or we weren't, but back then, it was stocking orders. Yeah. Then it was dealers. Dealers. It was. It was all all the above. And when you're doing made to order stuff, you know, there's a lot of follow up with people. Yeah. There's a lot of double checking, you know, especially with repairs. You know, it's a yeah. lot more personable. Yeah, and you need someone like, you know, like what Simo did over there to kind of tackle that, you know. And then did you go back to work for Jesse after that? I went to go work for a kid named Carlini. Oh, is that Tony Carlini's kid? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that lasted for about a year and a half when I was going through my divorce with my wife because she was a little bit above my ability to just maintain that kind of a sanity yeah Yeah, sanity my sanity was being lost and so we split up and i and i went to work for tj which was tony carlini's son and yeah and uh, because his dad passed away and he was 
looking at his business and trying to figure out, you know, get someone who was more involved in the motorcycle industry because his dad had a motorcycle parts company, but he wasn't really a motorcyclist. Was it Carlini Design or something? Yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't a motcyclist, but... So, so they I brought there, you on. I, what's that? They brought you on. They brought me on you, to try were... to help. He wanted me to help him, you know, get more products and more things and get further into it. And it's just become challenging because he was a perfectionist and wanted everything so perfect. And I could never get anything finished with him because he kept wanting to take it to another level before he brought it to the public. Yeah. And so, you know, well, I kind of got frustrated and left and went because and at that point, Jesse, his empire was getting to a point where he was having trouble keeping product and money in his accounts people that worked for him were siphoning stuff off so mm-hmm. he let some people go and asked me to come back one more time and help him get everything set up and i went back and did a good job for a couple more years and then like i said every time when you're with a friend it can be the best of times and can be the worst of times and yeah. i we decided it was time for you know me to move on and that's when I went to go work where I work now, working for air gas. I do dispatching and driving and that's cool. Yeah. Are you, you're enjoying your life. It looks like, Oh yeah. I have you a know. great, great life now. And you've, uh, and you battled cancer. Yeah. I got, I had was... stage four cancer in my, in my, in my mouth on the base of my tongue. And I had to go through six months of radiation and chemotherapy. Yeah, treatments. I remember that. No, it was mm-hmm. rough. You made it through, man. That was eight years ago. I've been. God, I can't believe it's been that long. Eight years. Because I remember we. They remember the uh, benefit they had for you at the Doll Hut. Yeah. That that was eight, seven, eight years, eight years ago. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Time flies. That that benefit was more about my state of mind to give right, you yeah. know, give me support not for like money yeah yeah i mean it, for for your benefit whether it's financial or just everybody coming yeah, together for my, yeah, for my, my mindset to yeah. go because i was going to sure. go into the because the hardest part they because they said that my my treatment is the most daunting of all the cancer treatments that they do yeah. but the the likelihood of surviving it when you're healthy like my my age when you're younger is really good and um you know the positive mental attitude the humor all those things is knowing that you're gonna do well in your head and not entertaining what am i gonna do or how's you know how am i gonna you don't entertain negative thoughts just stay 100 percent positive and it has a really profound effect on your outcome well and you know what Uh, i mean you know we we've kind of watched each other kind of go through stuff in life. And, you know, I mean, you've always kind of had a positive attitude about things. Cause I mean, mm. you got a choice every day, right? Yeah. What, what is today going to suck or is today going to be good? Yeah. And there's things that are going to totally suck that get thrown your way, but you got to deal with it. You got to find the rat in the day, right? Yeah. Exactly. You got to, if you're not running yellow lights to get to what you're going to do that day, you're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're slowing down for yellow lights, it means, you know, you got to maybe think about what you're doing and yeah. make a change for the better. Well, and it's kind of the, I mean, you know, you got a long history of growing up in the Orange County punk rock scene, man. Yeah. So it's just about getting rad and just going after it, dude. Yeah. I went to Troy High School. I graduated in 81. And like, 
I was the I was the roadie for social distortion adolescence until, until the story you told me. That's great. <laughs> You told me a story about Joan Jett or something. Oh yeah, when that when uh, social bum some people. So, Joan Jett was gonna be. We were gonna social distortion was gonna open for Joan Jett at uh, in UCLA, and me and the bass player got there a little bit earlier than anyone else in the band, and they were just finishing up their their uh, sound check, and um, so we went up to meet the band, and and I go up to Joan Jett, she goes, "Oh, you guys social deal? Well, yeah, I'm on Mike." She's like, "Oh, I've heard a lot about you, Mike. Yeah, I want to I want to get it on with you. Let's go let's, let's go party." She's like. <laughs> Well, I don't do that. And I'm all, I'm just kidding. I'm the roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And you used to hang out the cuckoo's nest? All the time. Dude. My sister That's had a house the next, on the next street. She lived on the next street over. So we would always have like overflow parties after the shows and go stay at her house and wow. hang out. A lot of history there. Oh yeah, I mean, so many bands, Agent Orange, all these different bands that were in the North Orange County punk scene. Right, I, a couple of Vandal shows. I was really good friends with Steve-O. I mean, he, him and I, like, we'd like do square dancing in, yeah. in the pit all the time because he loved it so much. And Man. He, I mean, I was going to shows probably like five nights a week wow. on school nights i'd come to school and i'd miss first period because i'd be coming home from hollywood from a show the night before really? getting dropped off by the kids who had you know that, well, that was like the heyday of, of la and oc punk oh, yeah. right it was i think so. back in the 80s yeah i mean because when did the doll hut kind of come into its own Nin- the, early 90s that was like 90s yeah 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 but the early that's... 80s was different because it wasn't angry it wasn't like Dudes that were on sports teams at school that wanted to go into the pit and hurt people. Yeah, yeah. it was like, like the opposite of that. Yeah, it was like you know, you went there and you, all you wanted to do is find chicks and you know score, and, or do <laughs> do, do, do some black beauties and stay up all night and you know get some chick to watch the sunrise with you while she's you know, yeah, giving you a blumpkin. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, uh, I knew this was gonna be a good podcast with Simo, you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, let's circle back, man, because you know what? We haven't talked about my dad much, but I know you got to have a good story or two, or just or just even something that you learned, good or bad, from being around my dad. I just learned a lot from your dad about, you know, making sure that you take care of the people that are taking care of you, you know, and I I remember one time he said when it was in the La Habra shop, he'd always ask me how Jesse was doing all the time. He goes, how's Jesse? And well, you should call him. But, and then, you know, and I'd say, you know, you should ask me how I'm doing too, you know, because, yeah. you, you know, you shouldn't focus on what he's doing all the time. And then Jesse and him, he wanted to go have me go with him to go visit Jesse in Long Beach shop. So me and Greg and your dad went down there, your brother. And yeah. um, he went upstairs into Jesse's office and I was talking to some of my friends that are, you know, people that are all work there, people I know and everything and talking to Greg, showing him around, showing him the polishing shop, showing them where they do fabrication and stuff. And, Next thing you know, your dad comes running down the stairs. He's like, we're leaving. We're leaving right now. I'm all, oh, shit. What happened? Like, 
And I'm, uh, I didn't say anything right there. I said, okay, okay, let's go. So we're in the car. He's all, do you know what that guy said to me? And well, no, I wasn't there. What did he say? He's all, he goes, he wanted me to rebuild this 49 Merc that Barris chopped that he bought from Mike at Pacific Coast Cycles. He wanted me to finish it for him. And he said if he did, that he would make me famous. He would make me famous. <laughs> Who the fuck does he think he is? That's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh so your dad had a great sense of humor i mean he he had a big heart he would throw like lunches once a month for everybody and give oh, out yeah. prizes and he, he dude he would you know um remember the remember the restaurant you used to go to the white house yeah. restaurant right at, at hobby city over there in stanton there's a place called Hobby City, and I think it's still kind of there. Yeah, they have but a little, it used little to be roller coaster and a gun shop, or whatever. yeah, it, it used to be just like this uh, eclectic. Uh, it had like a model shop, and it had a, ge- my, a gem. My, my parents used to take me there all the time. Yeah, when I was a little kid, and, and it had a little gem shop, <laughs> and it, yeah. it was kind of like uh, like a little train that went around, and they had a a, a, a little miniature White House, and it was uh-huh. a doll, it was a doll, it yeah. was like a doll museum, uh-huh. and then next door it's called the restaurant next door to the White House. And um, uh, there was a family that, that owned it. And I remember that guy telling me after my dad passed away. Because, you know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people that my dad did a lot of stuff for, they never said anything. They, no. they, they always kind of kept their, they, they just kept it close. And, you know, they, but they, after my dad died, a lot of stories came out. Yeah. And, and uh, Raphael over there that owned the store, he says, you know, your daddy helped me put my two daughters through college. Because my dad would use him exclusively when they catered. My, my dad was there every day for breakfast and for lunch. Chicken and, and piccata. Used, yeah, and, <laughs> and, yeah, and my dad would be he would he would call you and go, "Hey, I need to talk to you. Let's go have lunch." And you you didn't even need to tell you where to go. You knew where to go. Yeah, and he would be there in ten minutes. So you go to this place and and he would use Raphael and his wife uh, to cater. Yep. Like you said, he was always having some kind of luncheon. Yeah. At least once a month. Yeah. We're having luncheon today. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Fred's you... going to win a prize. <laughs> Fred's going to win a prize. Yep. And when he wins, he's going to dance like Elvis. The Down Syndrome kids <laughs> always won the prizes at every event, which exactly. was cool. Exactly. Yeah. He danced. We would make him dance like Elvis, though. And he loved doing it. Oh. Right? He was good. But, yeah, that was the, you know. But your dad the... was really generous. I mean, he was. I could see that, you know, like. He was involved with the people's lives that were, you know, like when, like you said, like the people at the White House restaurant and, you know, the detailers that would come in there. Was it Ray? No. Who was it? The, Eddie? No, the guys that had the detail, not that detail, the guys that did the stuff for the show cars, like the hot rod, they had that square oh, back John? Truck. Yeah, the square back, the man and the lady that would always. Oh yeah, no, I don't remember that. I I, rem- I remember them. I don't remember his name. But they were always there, and then Ruth and the guys that drove the truck, Pete. Oh Every, yeah. Like, you know Pete. You know Pete always had. You know your dad always took care of Pete. Oh yeah, purple the, Pete. The stories after my dad passed away, the stories would just come out. Uh, just came, would come out, and you know. Um, one of the guys that just used to do a lot of contracting for my dad, uh, his name is Mike, and he used to build offices and stuff. You probably remember him. But he would go, you know what, Chris? I'm going to tell you now that your dad's gone. He's like, but your dad would just call me up and go, go to that guy's house, and he wants a new patio, whatever he needs. Build him. Yeah. You know? Chip needs a new 
He goes, Chip wants a new bathroom. I said, go over there. Whatever he wants, do it. You know? Yep. You know, those are the stories that, you know, my dad never broadcast any of that stuff or nothing. And, and, and you know, they all kept it kind of close and he just, he would do that for everybody. Yep. You know, because he always wanted, like you said, he wanted to take care of the people around him that were doing the work. Mm-hmm. That were doing, doing the work and, um, you know, it's. Well, I got, I got another story about uh, one of the alumni from Boyd. When we worked in Stanton, is there's a guy that had a design shop above the hot rod shop named Chip Foos. He's I've heard of it. I've heard of him. You've heard of that guy? Yeah, I've heard of him before. Well, he's pretty howdy doody. He was so white bread, you know, like he was not. There's no spice to that guy. He's yeah, he, but he was funny though. But oh yeah, yeah, he's really, really funny. So I would hang out with him in his office all the time when we talk, and it was fun. And then. One time when I was working at Jesse's shop, he came there with some guy that owned MHT Wheels or some yeah. wheel company. They were going to go talk to Jesse about building wheels. And I was on the other side of the street and I seen him. And so I yelled really loud. I'm all, hey. Well, I, I used a, I called him a gay. <laughs> I said, hey, gay guy. But I used different words. Yeah. And he turned to look and I'm all, gay guys only look. <laughs> He's like, you got me, you got me. Oh man! But then I That's... came up and gave him a hug, and we we're, you know, it was always friendly, but it was... yeah. Shop humor, shop humor, totally right. There was always abundance. Definitely of that not maybe PC these days, but and, I don't know. Oh, and then then like Dick Brogdon, you know, yeah. you had him on the simulcast, didn't you? Yeah. Well, well, he was on the the, the, the Dick cast. The Dick cast. <laughs> well. <laughs> I remember in the in the lunchroom at Hot Rods by Boyd, you know, everyone would take lunch and eat their lunch in the lunchroom. And Dick would come in there and just tell you know, stories. I wish, not to interrupt you, but I wish when I was a kid over on Monroe, <laughs> right, the lunchroom. And then even over there in Stanton uh, on Ashdale in uh-huh. the lunchroom, I wish that there was video cameras in there capturing those stories. And, and oh, it, there's it, crazy. It was, you know, everybody brought their lunch. Right, for yeah. the most part, yeah, and or ate off the lunch truck, uh-huh. and they all sat, and it was just they unwound, unwound, and they just that was it, that was their break. Well, well, with with Dick, one day I just realized we're in there eating lunch, and I realized, and I said to him, I said, you know, Dick, I think you're the first person I've ever met who can say goddamn and fuck seventeen times in each sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, never, man. I mean, you must be setting world records all day long. Dude, that's funny, dude. <laughs> Remember how much yeah. he, Oh, yeah. And yeah. after I said that, I kind of broke him a little bit because he, like, he, like, he realized. Oh, you made he, him all self conscious yeah, and he's shit like, about oh, it. Then he, he started then looking like, no, back, no, 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 keep going. He started looking back and forth and stuff. He's like, oh, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> did, did I really? Really? <laughs> well, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if I could just go back to the, that lunchroom. You know, and just some of the stories. Just every day it was, you know, especially like with Lars back in the, I mean, I was a young kid, and but they didn't give a shit. No. I mean, I heard some raunchy stories back then, and I, I, you know, I mean, I a lot of those things you kind of were like, what is that? And you didn't have Google to figure it out, right, no. back then, right? So you're a kid going, asking your buddies, you're like, hey, have you ever heard of this? <laughs> you know, and it's like, they're like, no, what's that? It's like... Well, I don't know. I think it might be this. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, so. Yeah. I don't know. 
Then you go ask Simo because he was a complete source of information. Yeah, you were. You know, like I said, you were my life coach for a small, small, very small period of time. You know, that was, uh, you know, that turned me into what, part of where I'm at today. You're p- yeah. part of the, the the Chris puzzle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what uh, what do we what do we got looking forward to? What, do what I are we doing? Look- What's rad that's happening here? For me, I I like. Um, I'm still into motorcycles a whole bunch. I mean, I like going to the show they have out here, the Born Free show. It's a vintage chopper show. Or I like when they when they when we went from Born Free, dude. You, you got I, I do following you on on social media is funny because you got some good ones. You were no, it's Born Ten Bucks now instead yeah. of Born Free. It went from Born Free to Born Ten Bucks. I said it was like a chopper reenactment festival called Chopper Con. Chopper Con, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's Chopper like a, Con. Chopper Con. Well, they they chopper reenactment. They've they've kind of let me become the uh, the ambassador of good times. So like they had a race up at or uh, what's that um at Costa Mesa or Irwindale? No, not the, the one in City of Industry. They oh, have City a, of Industry, yeah, yeah. They have a dirt track up yeah, there, yeah. and like Harley gives them a sports dirt to give away to someone who anyone who pays an entry gets a ticket for a raffle, and, and um, they let me take the bike around this track in my speedo a couple times. So oh, dude, and. Simon, I like to. I you like, like to party. the speedo. Oh yeah, I'm so non. That's very European of you. It's just old guy. It's a- <laughs> the old guy that wears the speedo. I want to be that guy. Yeah, you stopped giving a fuck a long time ago. Yeah, huh? and you didn't wipe out at all, did you? Not no, your speedo, I mean, I, I stood on the bike and shook my butt at it, the whole crowd, and oh, they dude. went crazy. When is that going to happen again? That's going to be like right before their show in June, like June twentieth, maybe something. I'd like, like that. to go. I want to go. You could win a Sportster. I could. I just I want to see your cheeks going around the the track. Well, they 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 got major corporate sponsors. The X Games qualifier. Oh, for now the they go. Simo, uh, we're not going to be able to have Simo this year. Well, they told me I could, so I hold them to it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. I'll go. I'll. I'm gonna. Well, if they don't let me ride the bike, at least I'll walk around. You gonna wear your speedos there? Yeah. Oh, right on. Nice. It's should summer. Be, should be good weather. So everybody, yeah. put that on your calendars. At yeah. Chopper Con, or Born Free, we call it. But is Born Free still at Oak Canyon Ranch? Yeah, that's the whole weekend. We're I have a, um, my wife and I are developing a little, like a clothing company kind of thing. Yeah, what's it called? It's called Huckleberry Brand. Huckleberry Brand, yeah. I've seen uh, <clears throat> seen it on Instagram. Yeah. I think I follow it on there. At Huckleberry Brand. We're going to launch a whole line of, like, women's underwear that okay. has and like you'll, be, you'll be wearing bolt. that. You'll be you'll be wearing. Well, that. they have like a lightning bolt in the crotch. It's like oh, underwear. That's cool. Yeah. And then we got bandanas that have like emojis of the finger of your hands that says "fuck yeah," but it's not "fuck you yeah." It's just "fuck yeah." It's like okay. This. What one. does that mean? Oh, sign language. Yeah, sign language sign or language. just signs. Yeah. So it's hand signals, but it says yeah, "fuck yeah." Okay. So we got that, and we got some other things. So we're, we're going to have a booth in uh, Born Free where we're going to be trying to see if we can get people to buy our stuff. Okay. And do well. some other shows and things like that. But it's for fun. It's not to get rich or to change the world. Yeah, it's dude. just to party. That's cool. To get a good, No, just, just to get a good spot at Born Free. Well, I already got that. I'm, <laughs> they gave me a title, so I got to so wear a are, sash. So are you going to hook me up on some uh, Huckleberry brand Speedos? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm a large. Large? Yeah. Steve? Steve's quiet over there. Steve's like, nah. <laughs> I'm just taking Steve's this Steve's the guy with the pool at his house. 
you know? Yeah, if you wear those, you're not coming over. I can't come over to your house and, <laughs> I, and wear regular board shorts. No, it's You're fine. not going to kick fine. your friend out. No, hell no, no. Dude. No. Rock the huckleberries, bro. Dude. Yeah. Well, dude, I know you got to hit the road here in a minute, man. Yeah. But uh, thank you for coming by, man. Oh, I appreciate being all, offered to dude, come this, by. I mean, this is we, all... we, we have a lot of history that... You know, it hasn't. We haven't seen each other that much in the yeah. recent years, but I mean, we did spend many, many, many days together for a long time. Oh, a lot of good times. Yeah, a lot of good yeah. times, man. You know, what's probably going to happen, Simon, is you're going to walk away from this and think, "Damn, I should have told that this story. I should have told that story." So, I think you're somebody that we definitely want to have back because. Well, there's a part two in Bruin right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're gonna. You know, I'm gonna get a call from Simon tomorrow. You know. Well, we're going to show you on your phone how to do the po- how to listen to the podcast. Okay. So, because when you when you're driving to work, is it live right now, or is it something? No, we're going to edit all. The it, dumb it'll stuff. be. No, uh, up we don't edit. Yeah. We don't really edit. We just edit the front end, right? Yeah. And then. Well, yeah. you, you guys can glean my Instagram for a flattering picture of me to put when you like announce well, it. Well, that's Steve's, that's Steve's job. I, I let him pick. The, we'll take a picture here in a minute, but. Well, I. Yeah. I'm dirty as hell. We're well, working look at me. All day. Come on. We've all been working all day. You know? We don't give a shit. Whatever. Who gives a shit? I don't <laughs> give all a right. shit. Do you give a shit? No. I don't give a shit. No. I, shit's given I, don't no think our cus- I don't think our listeners give a shit. I could take my shirt off. Oh, no. nice. Yeah, see, the Speedo oh, shot no, would no, be now, now I give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I do. <laughs> all right, Simo. Let's let's wrap this thing up, man. Thank you very much for coming out, dude. Thank you, guys. You know, it's dude. been a pleasure. Good time. We're, We're going to do, do this again, again dude. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're a rad guest. You're a great person to talk to. Your stories are incredible. Well, thank you. Appreciate- I got a lot more. There was... This has been, what, an hour? Well, we, we, we kind of made, like made it... like years of, of material. We made it a little R-rated because we, we might have the X-rated version. Yeah. We're going to have to go get beers before the pod, next podcast and really kind of let loose. Put, a, put them in a beer bong and chug real quick so that you're like primed and ready. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. All right. But we're out of here, We Steve. are signing off. Thank Later. you guys again for listening. Simo, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Later. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.